Okay. So uh, we're in the middle of the beam, the Morish. Morish is a fascinating case. Uh, we're on 66B, uh, three lines from the bottom. Uh, f- let's start four lines from the bottom. Uh, f- five lines from the bottom. The last word, and now four. Vahari Morish. So the, uh, the, we are saying... Where are you? We are on 66B, five lines from the bottom. The, uh, the last word on the end of the line, Vahari Morish. The Mora has a question the following. Um, the, uh, the question is, when something changes its name... Is it still uh, eligible to be returned as is, or the fact that it gets a name change, is that a game change? <laughs> is the name changing? Does the fact that it gets a new name has a new identity? So we have this concept that if you steal a garment, you steal wool, and you knit it into a garment, you can't turn around and say, "Here's what I took." It's not what you took. You you uh, you turned it into something, or you dyed it a funny color, or that's not my original. So. Once the, the thief changes it, so he becomes liable to pay and not give the original item back. But uh, the once, if the original item is intact, of course, you, steal, you, return what you, 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 you return what was stolen. But the question here is, when something uh, undergoes a name change, does that indicate that it's clearly something different and you're not obligated to return it as is? So the, the uh, the, the, they used to have, it was difficult to get a, a tall beam in those days. You cut a tree, you need one exactly. I don't know where they get the phone poles from. There's a certain size tree that's like tall and straight and perfect. But uh, if you don't have that kind of tree, you, it's difficult to come by. So the, uh, somebody notices that a builder has one. And um, so he gets 10 people together. In those days, you had to have a lot of people to steal something like that. And he steals the beam. And then he builds it into his house. He uses that. If you have the one tall beam, you can lay all the other beams around it, and the house will hold up. Now, uh, he comes to do tshuva. Hashem Yom Kippur comes around, and people regret things they've done. And there's one problem. The only way he can do tshuva is to return what was stolen. But the only way he can return what's stolen is knock down his whole house. He put hours and hours and hours of work into setting up that house. So the rabbis understood that this might be difficult for him to do tshuva. And even though we want the person to get their beam back, they allowed him to pay the value of the beam instead of actually knocking down his house and give the beam. That's the case of the the beam. Now, uh, it uses a different word once the beam is put into the house, even though they don't really change the beam, it gets a different name. So let's see the words. Vahare Morish, there's the case of the beam. The Ikeshine Hashem, that it has a different identity. Mekora, before the beam was put in the house, it's called a kashura. It's called a plain piece of wood. Vahashta, and now it's called a talala, center beam. Tanan, and we learned, if somebody steals that center beam, and he built it into his palace, uh, that, uh, and he wants to do tshuva, that he's allowed to uh, repay with money. It's a rabbinic enactment for the sake of people that want to do tshuva. So, taima, the reason that he's allowed to pay back money, 
Really, he's, he, he, the, when you steal something, you've got to give it back no matter what. It's not yours. But the rabbis instituted to fix people that wants to make it easy to achieve. As we turn to today's page, but had it not been um, the reason the rabbis allowed him to uh, not have to knock the house down, he would have had to knock the house down. Why? Uh, it's, it's a different name. He should have acquired it. The fact that it's no longer uh, just a piece of wood, now it's his, his, uh, his center beam. So that is the question. So Omar Rav Yosef, Rav, two answers. Rav Yosef says, answer number one, it, it's still called a piece of wood. It didn't lose its name. Even though it could be called something else, it didn't really change its name. Omar Rav Yosef, Marishmolov, it's still called, it still has its old name. Where do you see that? And he brings a passage from El um, You see from here that the beams are still called the beams. So, therefore, that's answer number one. Rav Zeris says also a very nice answer. He says, Shina uh, He says that it's true, it has a new name, but you can unname it. If you pull it out of the building, it goes back to being just a two-by-four. In other words, it's true. Right now, you don't call that beam a two-by-four. You don't call it a center beam. You don't call it just a piece of wood. But if you knock the whole house down and you pile it up, you're going it, to... So, it, it's true, it's got a new identity, but nothing really happened to it to change it. So you can take away that new identity, and therefore um, uh, it, it, you would have had to return it, except the rabbis instituted to make it easy to chuva that he doesn't have to. Okay. So, there's no physical change in the stolen object. Correct. That's right. And so even, even if it does get a name change because of how it's used, since that could be undone, Technically, he would have been required to undo it, to uh, knock the house down to give it back. And, and, it, and then it would have gone back to the same old piece of wood. Uh, Can a sweater be unwoven? That's a good question. That's right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's a, good, uh, that's a good point. So I don't know. I don't think it would. <laughs> It'd be a lot more work to unweave it than it would be to weave it. You hear what Rob was asking, right? So that's this question, right? So it's not a real shinoi, is what you're saying. And a shinoi means, so yesterday somebody was saying, so what's the problem if you dye it the wrong color? You could just put another color on top. But I, I think it doesn't always work that way. Some, some, some things, once they have one color, if you add another color, you get a funny color. It's a, not as absorbent. Yeah, not as absorbent. Okay, so that was the initial answer to the case of the beam, but our Gemara is not letting go. It wants to see what, whether this is the correct halacha. Uh, that the change of a name, and th this was uh, really started um, yesterday, but the, the, when, when common, uh, the way people describe it changes, then the robber acquires it at that point, and uh, he would return the money. That's our question. It, it, does the name change the fact that society, uh, ha whatever happened, now it's called something else, does that affect the return? Uh, we really started with this with the animals, if you'll remember, that uh, when he, he, he stole it, it was a puppy, and now it's a dog, or it was a pony, and now it's a, it's a big animal. And so that's not called, you know, so our, our question, it was a similar kind of question. Okay. Regarding, like, the cost of acquiring a new thing, like the bus being actually transported from somewhere else now, mm -hmm. pays for that, and that's a good that point. That's the cost of acquiring a new thing. Yeah. Rivera, that's a great question. He's saying, well, Let's say 
That's it. Right, right. It's not just repaying somebody, but now he's got to go and pick it up and, and uh, bring it. Uh, does, that, does that affect the value? In other words, you, it's true. You, he, gave you the, he stole your beam and he gave you the money of a new beam, but what about the cost of delivery? Actually, you know, my concern would be replacing the article that that I, that I lost. Okay, so if I stole somebody's key, um, then it seems to me that my obligation is to return to him a substitute key, not the money to make a key. I had that during it was during the early COVID years when my wife was in an accident, and the insurance company wanted to give us a certain amount of money for the car, saying this was the value. But you couldn't find that car at that price. So you really couldn't replace it. You know, maybe somewhere else in the country you had that car, then you transported it. So it was, uh, we actually got them up a little bit. But that, that was, it was part of the, um, you know, they're obligated to make you whole. And if they, you can't find it locally at that price, so what are you trying to tell me that this is the uh, restitution or the... Uh, I'm not, I haven't answered your question. Uh, <laughs> So, so that's really what we're asking. Yeah. Does the does the robber have to pay replacement value or just returning? Returning. We'll have to we'll have to keep our eyes open. I don't know. We'll have to keep our eyes. I would like to think that he has to do replacement value, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's. Um, The value of the object. object. You know, all the tircha and, and all this and you know, any sort of sentimental, uh, that's... You know. I see. Okay, well, we'll have to... Um, I would imagine the Rishonim talk about it or it goes into the... It's in Shulchan Aruch, you know, exactly that uh, that issue. Okay. This is the Takara, because it's not it's not the halacha from the Torah. The halacha from the Torah is Hesheb So it's a question of whatever they were masaking. Um, and so, how well, the, easy did they want to make it to do tshuva? Well, Asher you can't return what was taken. That's no longer here. It has a different name. So you, instead, you're returning money. And our question is, does that money have to cover the added costs of delivery and tircha? That, that's that's yeah. really where they're... Yeah. Um, Steve, you have a theory about that? Uh, not yet. No, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So the Gemara says, um, And if you have a new name and it doesn't go back, is then the fact that it has a new name, is that really going to do the trick? Is that called a difference? So our, our question is really on that opinion that we had earlier of Shinoi Hashem, that people call it something different at this stage, is that enough of a reason that he's not obligated to return it and it becomes a money claim? Is that true? That's really the question that the Gemara is grappling with. So the Gemara has a question, what about the drain pipe? That uh, before the drain pipe gets put in, it's called the katsitsa. Um Rashi Katsitsa Shikodum Shikokaku. Before you carve it out, Nikra Katsitsa Eitz Bialma. It's called a, a piece of wood. 
uh, but once it's formed, it turns into a drain pipe. Basically, you take a piece of wood, and then once it's in place, it needs to be modified so that the water flows through it in the right way. And so and the name changes. So there's a question, how to make a drain pipe on a mikvah? Uh, so if it's a vessel, before you put it in the mikvah, it's no good. That's one of the famous rules of mikvah, that any, anything that you, us humans do messes it up. It's got to come straight from God. <laughs> the idea of mikvah is a total reset, uh, uh, that you go back to Hashem and the original creation, and, uh, and therefore we don't use water that's been put into human hands. It's got to be that the mikvah water came straight from Hashem, and if we put it in a bucket or in a pipe, that means the human hands touched it, and the whole idea of mikvah is you go back to the source. So you took this pipe and you carved it out first and then you put it on the ground of the mikvah. Puzzle, it's a mikvah. That's no good. Kavu, if you put it in the mikvah first and then you, uh, um, you had to then modify it so that the water would flow in the right direction and you, you uh, uh, then you carved it out, that won't make the mikvah. That's no problem. If you say once it gets a new name, that's significant. Even if you try to sneak around this problem, so to speak, you put the piece of wood in the mikvah first, but then you turn it into a vessel, that should still be a problem, Nami Lifsov. It's because you're still turning it into a vessel. Our, our real question is, we have this problem that you can't take a vessel and put it in a mikvah, you need to use a raw material. But, but in effect, once it's in the mikvah, you're still carving it out. So it's still getting a shini Hashem. So shouldn't that make the... If you're going to tell me a drain pipe in the mikvah is not kosher, it's going to be not kosher even if it was made in the mikvah or it was made before the mikvah. So Morris said, no, you're right. Really, if you put a drain pipe in, we should be strict. But shani shivin rabbanin. This halacha is a rabbinic halacha, and therefore there's some leniencies. Anything that's rabbinic, there's some leniencies. Anytime you find that there's a differences in halacha between before and after, and because it's rabbinic, so they, they, uh, it, it doesn't cover all cases. Um, so then why was, it, why was the problem, uh, if it's rabbinic, so let's allow it, uh, even if it was carved in the beginning, the more it says, it was a vessel before it was attached. Here, they wanted it to be that uh, when it was, comes into the mikvah, it was, didn't have the status of a vessel. Okay, fine. So that question bites the dust. Basically, it's rabbinic, and that explains the nuances there. Let's try again. But more like I said, it, it gives a hard time to a question. If you bring a concept, you really got to prove it. We said this concept. Again, of Shin Hashem. So let's ask for the following. Let's say the robber, the armed robber, the bandit. <laughs> I, I think in English we use all these words, uh, you know, uh, in Lashon HaKodesh, each word has a nuance. Uh, uh, the, uh, sometimes we're not always aware of the nuance, but each one is a little different. Uh, the, the mafia, the... the uh, secretive versus the guy who does it out in the open. So what, whatever it was, uh, the, the robber, the bandit, the arm robber, uh, they steal something, and then they donate it to the base of Mikdash. Does it work? Over there, we say that it works. Once they steal it and they donate it, the donation belongs to the source. 
So um, why is that? Uh, it's, it's not really theirs, and it didn't change. So Amri Hassam, uh, over there, we say, Ikoshina Hashem. The reason is because they've changed the name, the Mekoritivla, because originally it wasn't tithed, and now it's tried, Vahasitruma. Hegdish Mekorachul and Vahashta Hegdish. So you see over there, you have Shinoi Hashem. Okay. Omar of Um So th- that's not a contradiction. Again, we've, we've said once it's called something different, uh, so at that point, uh, it, uh, it, it becomes a monetary obligation. So if they were Makdashit, it belongs to Hegdish, and they'll owe the money to the original person. Omar of Omar of Yonis, the first wide line, Menayin the Shinoi Shukona. How do I know this concept that once you change it, it's yours? It says you return. We've quoted this particular. Why does it say return what you stole? If you can return it in its original pristine status, then you better give it back. But if you changed it, all you got to do is pay money. Just, just money, boy. So the more now, though, the reason we're quoting this, we quoted this Russia earlier, and everybody pretty much accepted it. But now the more has a question that it was used for something else. Uh, this, we keep running into this problem. You've got to do a search and make sure that there was nothing. And it was it drushes all work if it's totally extra and it's not needed. And so fine, you use it as long as you use a good drusher. But if it's needed for something else, um, and so now the more has a question that there's, there was a drusher out there that it was needed for. Hi, me boy, le. Asher gozel, me boy. It's used. What's it coming to exclude? The mute gezo aviv, she'enu, if your person's father is the thief, that he doesn't have to add the fifth. She'enu mosef chamesh al gezo aviv. He doesn't have to add the fifth in that case. Rashi. Let's see, Rashi, gezo aviv. By gozo, it's coming up later. Afilu nishba aviv l'sheker. Normally, if somebody, his father steals something from him, uh, sometimes families, uh, they all share things. So if a person's dad steals something, and he says, Dad, did you take this? And Dad says, nope. And he says, you swear? He says, he swears. And guess what? The dad did take it. So Abel, the, um, the father doesn't have to pay the fifth to the son. Uh, and we learn it out from the Pesach. But he's got to give back what he took. I mean, just because he's his dad doesn't mean he could steal stuff from the kid. He, he didn't. He didn't remember taking that, right? Case, he... <laughs> uh, you want to learn nicely that the father forgot he took it. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to think so. But there's some fathers that maybe know that they're taking from their kid. They figure the kid owes it to them. You know, they did so much for the kid, they can just go and take stuff from him. What, what, what would make him pasuk from paying the? Effort? Oh, so let's see why. Uh, because it, the the pasuk says, uh, we'll see the drusha in a second of of what's the, um, so. It, that, the, we're going to learn from this Pusik that drasha, that the father is ex- exempt. So uh, if that's true, it's not extra. So the says, It should say what he took. Why does it say that he took? There's enough room for two drushas here. So how do you see from this Pusik that if the father takes it, he doesn't add the fifth? We'll have to wait till we get there. It's in about three weeks. We'll see the drasha, oh. the... You're, you're asking how we know it, uh, unless, unless the art school brings the drush or somebody has the... Um, but basically, we're saying a regular person pays the fifth, not daddy. That, uh, but it's, uh, it's learned out from the verse. Okay. I don't have it in front of me. Um, so, um, 
So answer number one is there's room for two drushas. And again, this is often what the Gemara does, is that we thought that there was only one drusha there, but there's actually uh, room for two things extra. There's two things. Or some people say, How do you know that that's not enough if it changes? First it says, just give back. I It says that which you stole. Um, when uh, you steal, you give back the fifth. And you don't give back the fifth on what the father takes. Um, okay. Moving on. Omar Ula. That's answering, supposed to answer the question of how we know that a father doesn't ask. Right, that's or, right. Uh, like what, internal what compelled the Gemara to learn it from that, right? What is that? Yeah. What's the limit exactly? Yeah. That's right. They low? right, right. So, um, so again, hopefully we'll have time to, to see what... That's the Mayi, the father. Right, why the father, right? Why the, his, his, uh, it's not called being stolen when it's from the father. Um, it could be family stealing is not really thought, especially when it's his dad, it's not, like I said, he owes his dad. Or <laughs> Rashi, last line. Umabela. Okay, so... Right, how would I know that his father is not included? Okay, it's... Uh, like I said, it could be in... in, in Within the family? Within the family, right. In other words, his dad takes something, you know, breaks into the house and grabs it. It's not called stealing. It's, it's a dad, you know. Um, okay. Omar Ula. So we had this before. Uh, we, uh, we, we're finishing up on that, really. We said there's a concept also, if the owner gives up hope of getting it back, you're no longer required to return it. In other words, the owner, uh, it gets into a flash flood or it's been gone a long time, then the owner has what's called yeyush. He gives up, he's, he, he's, he despairs of getting it back. And in a certain way, even though he would love to, it's not really up to him. If he no longer fi- feels that he has any chance of getting it back, he kind of releases whatever control he has, it's no longer his. Once a person is miyayish from something, it's no longer his. So how do we know that you acquire something... Uh, if you acquire it, the robber, uh, the owner gives up hope of getting it back, so maybe the robber can keep it. So how do you know that? That's not enough. Because it says like this. It says there the prophet was criticizing Klai Yisrael, that there were people that would bring stolen uh, things to the base of Migdash. They would steal, and they'd say, well, in order to keep Hashem from getting angry with me for being a thief, I'll give a donation. Which, by the way, that's, uh, people think like that. They're, I mean, we the, that guy that uh, had the Bitcoin company gave lots of money to charity with other people's... Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about him. I think he's Jewish. But, the, the, uh, but the, there is a human nature that excuses one's faults if you, give so, you do something wrong and you do a donation with it and somehow in people's minds it evens out or it's not so bad or, or they're a good guy because they... They steal from the poor and give to the rich and give to the poor, however that works, right? That's the, so the verse says that God doesn't take uh, stolen things or, or uh, animals that are lame, that's a lame excuse, or sick animals. So those, those things are, are not good korbanos in Hashem's eyes. People are giving things, but they're giving inferior. Many people learn that's what Cain did wrong, was that he brought a korban from the junk. You know, that uh, it was, even though he thought to bring a korban, but 
he didn't give something good. He gave something he was going to throw away. And so that's, uh, uh, that's the wrong concept. Okay. So what, looking at those examples, Gezu Domi de Peseach, something stolen is similar to something that's handicapped. My Peseach, the Wesley's a concept. Just like an animal that's handicapped, it can't be fixed. Klau. Af, Gezu, the Wesley's a concept. So too, once it's stolen, you can't unsteal it. Lo yish, it makes no difference if the owner still wants to get it back. Lo yish. Basically, something stolen, even if it was stolen many, many years ago, doesn't make it yours. Like I said, the library book that was 20 years ago, you still can't, uh, uh, you still should give it back. It's not yours. Uh, they, um, so too, with a Corbin, yeah, the fact that there's yish doesn't help. That's the proof he wants to bring. That just like the injury, the, the animal that's missing a leg, it will never be a good, it's never going to be unhandicapped. If something is stolen, the fact that nobody's looking for it anymore doesn't mean that it's still not considered stolen. That's answer number one. Rava has a different source. He says, It says, your korban and not stolen. What do we mean? If it's before the owner gave up hope, shita. It's not your korban. Ella clearly, even after the owner gave up hope of getting it back, it's still called stolen. It doesn't make it yours just because the owner isn't looking for it anymore. Um, didn't Rava say a different answer that we're talking about where you stole your neighbor's Corbin? It's not your Corbin. Uh, so, Ibois Ema, it could be Rava changed his mind, or Ibois Ema, that might have been said in the name of Repapa. Um, the question is, are we proving from here that Yish doesn't help? It was, the truth is, we were, this, this was a question that we threw out. Uh, does Yish help? And Again, it, it's a funny way to say it. The fact that the owner is no longer looking for it, can I keep it? Somebody steals something, and at first the owner wants it back, and time goes by, and we're at a point where the owner couldn't care less at this point. Does that mean you don't have to give it back? That's really the question. If, if Yish is Kona, since nobody's looking for it, he, he, I can keep it. He's not asking for it anymore. Why do I have to give it back? Or it doesn't make a difference. When you took it, you were obligated to return it, and the fact that the owner is not looking for it and gave up hope, that doesn't release you from having to give it back. And so we're kind of proving that Yish ain't a Kona. The fact that the owner is not looking for it anymore uh, that doesn't mean, the fact that he got the insurance already, he got the, you know, the settlement, right. that he's doesn't, not, he's not absolved. He's not absolved, that's correct. That's what it means, but we threw that question out, okay. So now we move on in the Mishnah. So uh, we said, um, uh, uh -huh. You had said before that if a person uh, consecrates something from the base of English, then it's taken on that new status. Uh-huh. So even if it's not korbano, if you designated something for a shlamim or an asham or whatever, according to that, what we learned before, then it's now consecrated and it would be a good korban. So that has to do with the shina Hashem kind of question. That um, here, here we're just talking about the yish aspect. That was a different question, really. How the is it enough if you change if you call it hegdish? Does that change it? Uh, did, did you fence it? Is that is you've really sold it off, and now you owe the money because now it's hagdish, or is not? But that was the previous. That was the issue that we were dealing with before. 
I'm just pointing out now we're just dealing with the question that the owner is no longer seeking it. Is that enough to, to be able to give it? So, okay. But so, um, so we said that uh, the Dalit Vehei, uh, now we, we're, we're finished, we're talking about the double the Kefal, and now we're talking about the, 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 when we really throw the book at a robber, where he sometimes have to pay four or five times the value. And uh, we, the, the common thing is to just use the initials. Dalit is four and hay is five. And we call it Dalit Vehei. So uh, we said in the Mishnah that only applies to Shor Vesef. It applies if you steal a sheep or, uh, you know, you steal uh, a person's uh, something else. You don't have a lawnmower. You don't have to give him back four lawnmowers. It's only by, the Mishnah says, It only applies to an ox or a sheep. So um, the Lord has a question. Why do you limit it in that way and say the penalty of four or five only applies to certain animals? Nalif shor shor mishabbos. The Torah says don't work your ox on Shabbos. And we learn out not only your ox can't work, what other animal you have also can't work. I don't know if I told this year, they had the question about uh, uh, somebody had a bird that talked, uh, a parrot, and uh, it would turn on the, um, what, what's it called, the Alexa. It would say, Alexa, turn on the music. Alexa, turn on the lights. So on Shabbos, can you take this bird out and have the bird turn on the lights for Shabbos? Or is that, is that a problem of having your animal working on Shabbos? Um, it's a pretty good trick. <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, and so the, they asked this through Zilberstein. He has a whole tube on it. The, uh, I forgot what he answered. But uh, we learned for Shabbos that it applies to other animals, not just uh, your ox. Your other animals... All, I don't know if, if talking is work for a parrot. Is that, it's not really... You know, it's one... A beast of burden is when you put, like, bags on a donkey's back or something. Drama, maybe... Yeah, there might be other things. I don't know if that's working. But the, the mitzvah not to have your animals work applies to other animals as well. So why do we limit the penalty for stealing to only an ox or a sheep when the laws of Shabbos, we say, apply to all, all animals? Just like over there, it applies to wild birds, everything. Any animals you own, gotta, gotta, your birds can't, your parents can't work on Shabbos. Here also, your animals can't work on Shabbos. Why not? Uh, your, your, any animal you steal, you should have to pay down. You steal someone's dog, you should have to give him five dogs back. Torah emphasizes twice. Only Shorvisa. So the Torah emphasizes it. So if it only said it once, you're right we would have extrapolated to any animal. It's just an example. The fact that it says it twice means only these animals. So now we're just going to get into the nuance of this drusha to see exactly... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't it because, I mean, the first one talk about how one takes the animal. You have to carry the sheep on your back or you just pull the ox and specific to those animals. It, it doesn't relate necessarily to another animal where you may just go like, come, 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 and it comes running towards you. That's the it's, fifth. That, that's the, the one that you pay five times. Right, that's but, the dollar. But at least the dollar, the four times, most animals that you would steal if you steal a bird. I mean, I guess you'd have to, 
the question would be how, you know, you're correct that there's a nuance as to only certain ones do you pay the five, not the four. But at least you should pay four to all other animals. How do we know only Shorvaseh? The answer is the Torah says it twice. No, I, I know, but I, I didn't have to do with the amount of effort that it takes to take those two specific animals. Oh, the, I, so I think it's only... You have to carry on your shoulders. I think that's only for the pay the fifth, but I don't think there's special effort in taking the sheep. Maybe Michael could tell me. I don't know. how do you, When you steal a sheep or a goat... Well, you know, that's what they say. They say that with the sheep... Or, or with, the ox, uh, with the ox. With the ox. With the ox, you have to... You pull it as opposed to carrying it. Right. So I don't think there's uh, that uh, stealing an ox and stealing an alligator is that much, you know, or something uh, is, is um, uh, I'm not sure that there's a difference. Like that, that's the, I think it's only between the, the one and the other, there's a little bit more. Um, he has the embarrassment he's putting, he, he's carrying it on his, on his neck or whatever. But um, I, I think for the four times, basically we're saying all animals should have to pay four unless you could, uh, decide that he, he carries it and, and, and he, he demeans himself how he carries it out. But, uh, um, okay. I, I, I hear what you're asking, but my assumption was, was only in the difference between five and four, but the default should be four instead of the default being just double. That's the question. So uh, if, if you're correct, then it would only be those animals. But, uh, uh, but that's what the more is assuming it says it twice. So I'm a hey, so what's extra? Ile, Mishor, so now we have to look at the puzzle to figure out where uh, where it says it twice extra. So Ile Mishorva said is safe demiyaser. If that says the nikterachmana kiyignavi shoro sevatavku remachra, it should say when a person steals an ox or a sheep and he shechs it and sells it. Chamisha bakar yishalmi pays back five cows taktav va'arbetzon, or he pays back four sheep taktav ikaser rachmana hachi. The Torah couldn't have written that because if it wrote it that way. I would have said nine. I would have said you have to pay nine for each one. Yeah, but it says instead. Um, uh, the Gemara is saying, well, that's extra. That's not extra. That's needed for something else. What if you steal... It says you have to give back a cow, a cow or a sheep. So if you stole a $100 sheep, I would have said you can give back a cheap sheep and a gidim. You could give back a carcass, nothing. It just says four times. It doesn't say equal value. Tamilomer taktav, the word taktav is, it's got to be a replacement sheep. You steal an expensive sheep, you got to replace this. You can't give back a cheap sheep. You got to give, you got to replace it in the similar type. So the taktav is needed. So it's really not extra, the bottom line. So if it's not extra, then how did we just make our drasha? So the says, you know where the extra part must be in the first pasuk. It could have just said, when you steal or you slaughter, you pay five cows or you sham tachas to shore. And the Arbet son tachas The Morris says, wait, that's not, couldn't have said it like that. Have me on a gut of tray. I would have thought you have to steal both. You have to steal an ox and a sheep. V'tavaklu and shek both. But it says one. But still, maybe you got to steal both and and then sell both. It also says to one. Maybe you steal both and you shek one. Or sell one. It says or. 
Avakati, wait, I would have thought maybe you got to steal both, and if you shecht one and leave one. or So the bottom line is that I did need to say it the way I did because I would have, if I, again, when we look with the Chumash, we have to be literal. And I would have said only that combination. So that's not extra. So again, so basically what happened was we wanted to know how do we know only a sheep and ox? And we said it's extra. And so it repeats it to tell you only that. And then we said, where's it extra? If it's the second part, that ain't extra. If it's the first part, that ain't extra. So now the Morris says, ah, let's go back to the safe. El is short of safer, the said erasure. There's an extra shore in the second half and an extra sheep in the first half. So we did, we did some fancy footwork, and we found the extra. Again, technically, we're saying we could have left out the shore in the ratio. I'm sorry, we could have left out the shore in the second verse, and we could have left out the sheep in the first verse, and we would have known everything we know. And the fact that the Torah wrote it is to tell us only these animals. Okay, moving on. So then we learned the halacha. If for homework, you could look into that some more if you want to. So then we said, if you steal from the robber, he doesn't get double. So, That's only if the robber didn't, the original owner didn't give up hope. But if the original owner gave up hope, so then Kona Haganav, then it belongs to the robber. So He wanted to argue that this case where you steal from the robber, you don't got to pay back, is only if the robber just stole it and the original owner really wants it back. But if the robber stole it and they're no longer looking for it, uh, so that technically, even though the owner, has, the robber has a miss to return it, really it's his. The argument is when the original owner no longer wants it back, he got the insurance payment out, he no longer cares about it, he's moved on, and he no longer is looking for it. So technically, it really is the property of the robbers. Now, even though he's supposed to return it because his mitzvah is to return, technically it's his. So according to this view, if you then steal it from the robber, you do have to pay back double. So that's what he wanted to quote Rav on. He said, Rosheshis must have been sleeping when he said that. <laughs> they said he didn't, he didn't agree to that concept. He said, I, why? The Tanya, uh, we'll leave that for tomorrow. So, uh, again, if you steal from a robber, you don't got to pay uh, back double. But our uh, question is, in a scenario where the original owner gave up hope of getting it, would there still, would, is it possible that you steal from the robber that you do got to pay back double? We'll leave that for tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Great week.